Hi guys, my name is Brianne Smith and I am the founder of The Honey Project. The Honey Project is a uh, passion project of mine that I started in an effort to connect with other moms as I personally being a new mom of twin boys was experiencing some of my own struggles and I kind of wanted to reach out to other moms to see if I was the only one who was you know dealing with these kind of silent battles internal battles that I feel like only other moms can understand um so I was grateful that these moms took the time to sit with me and allowed me to record um, some of these dialogues that we get pretty personal and sharing in um, our journeys into motherhood and some of the ebbs and flows and kind of how we push through some of the inevitable um, obstacles that come in your way, right? With these battles of you balancing yourself and trying to show up for yourself and show up for your loved ones and those in your life. So... Today is my first episode that I'm going to be putting out, um, and I'm so excited to be sharing with you guys. It's a girlfriend of mine, Marissa. She's a single mom of a beautiful girl, and she just kind of gives us the ins and outs of her journey um, into motherhood and kind of, you know, what it looked like pre, during, and post-pandemic. So I found these conversations to be, again, therapeutic for me, and I hope they are for you. Please like, click, comment, and subscribe, and I look forward to sharing more stories and conversations in the future. Thanks, guys. Bye. Hi, good folks. My name is Brienne, and I'm here sitting with my good friend, one of my childhood friends, Miss Marissa Ann Little. She is one of my mommy friends, and I have been talking to her for a while now about um, pretty much getting like some sort of interview series, some sort of platform, mom forum, you know, going um, just to kind of highlight some of the joys and the struggles of motherhood because <laughs> it's real. And I know you have your beautiful baby girl, Miss Kennedy, who is the bomb, and will probably show shots of pictures of her she was talking (laughs) again mommyhood we're live and this is what it is (laughs) um it's fine so my purpose of doing this whole sit down with friends and mommies in my network is to again highlight the joys and struggles of motherhood um but also kind of just uh, look through motherhood through a transparent like eye because there's a whole not- aside from the beautiful images and all that of motherhood there's a very real side of motherhood and there's also a battle that we all you know struggle with and deal with on a daily you know the battle of balancing life and motherhood and self self-love making time um and all that so we'll jump into the questions, but before I do, do you want to introduce yourself and maybe give us a little idea of who your little girl is um, and kind of a little early start of your journey into motherhood? Um, I'm Marissa. (laughs) I have a beautiful six-year-old. She will be seven in about 12 days. 12 days. So, um... I had her when I was 28, I believe. Um, so not a super young mom, but definitely, you know, not a... I received my Master's of Art um, in Counseling from Arkansas University in 2014. Um, I finished in July. I had Kennedy that January, so I was pregnant. Like, uh, as 28, obviously, uh, we're all post-grad, you went to school, um, you know, most of us have some things figured out around 28, would you say that's pretty accurate, and would you? Definitely, I was, I was 28, I was actually in grad school at the time, um, and thought I was with the love of my life, um, We we definitely decided to have a child. Um, have been on birth control for quite some time, and we made a commitment that you know that was the route that we wanted to take. I think around Thanksgiving of two thousand and twelve, I stopped taking birth control and. The rest is history. I found out I was pregnant just before Mother's Day the following year. 
Yay. All right. So we have to delve into kind of the start of that because I know we have a lot of new moms, expecting moms, you know, obviously you've been a mom for years now. So um, if you can try and take yourself back in time to um, your initial thoughts when you first learned you were going to be a mom um, and just kind of like, I guess the beginning journey, because we kind of have an idea sometimes about what pregnancy or that might look like for us. And then there's a whole reality of that. So just kind of. For me, I want to say I was in a very naive place in my life at that time. Um, We planned to have a daughter, but everything that I know now, of course, didn't cross my mind. I felt like she was going to have two loving parents so we could do it regardless of whether we had the finances in place, regardless of, you know, it, it just made sense at the time for me. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was ecstatic. Um, I, I was ecstatic and did not think about um, at all what was ahead of me. I was just excited to be pregnant. That was my I first pregnancy. Like mom or like the idea of like pretty much spreading that love, like sharing in someone you love. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's my, that was my main. Created out of love. Definitely was created in love. Um, I had a rough pregnancy as far as just being sick the entire time. Um, But outside of that and a couple of hiccups within the relationship itself, everything was relatively good. What did you find were some of your biggest struggles in the beginning? Um, You know, I know you said you had a few pregnancy struggles, but, you know, there were struggles with pregnancy, um, but did that take away from the joy of you being a mom or did that, did you feel like that? Well, there were times, um, if I'm being candid, the relationship was extremely toxic. Mm -hmm. Um, So that put a major strain on being able to enjoy motherhood fully because there was this thought that if there wasn't this being, then I wouldn't have to deal with this toxic person. Um, So that was difficult. However, it never completely overshadowed, you know, the blessing of of having her. Yeah. I um a part of me kind of like wants to share in my personal experience, but I also don't want to take away from, you know, I think I think the dialogue would make it easier. More fluid. Okay. Cause um making more yeah, conversation. Stuff gets real, right? When you mm-hmm. I know for me I was ecstatic to find out. I mean, I was scared as hell to find out I was <laughs> pregnant because it was like, uh, you get a lot of a mix of emotions, right? For me, it wasn't expected at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so it did come out of left field. Um, but we were grown and we knew kind of the, uh, what we could potentially be getting into. But um, in pregnancy, I found that I grew up really quickly because mm-hmm. there are so many you know, I didn't have a picture perfect idea of what I wanted, you know, pregnancy. I knew obviously you want to build and create a family with somebody that you love and so that that foundation is there. And it was. Um, but one thing I will say is we didn't know each other as well as we thought we did. And we didn't have it as together as well as right. we did. Right. So I found out there was, there was a lot of scrambling to try and get stuff together, you know, but so that can be distracting a little bit but I think like you said it doesn't take away from the overall joy this is something I I always wanted right perfect time or perfect um it just it happens and it's like it happens but at the same time like you said like you had to scramble and get things together it makes you go that much harder because you know at this point you can't you can't fall you have to like when when Kennedy was she had to be less than one. 
um, because she, I remember still holding her in the carrying seat and I was working for an organization that wasn't very organized mm-hmm. um, and ultimately left me working a lot, putting in a lot of time and a lot of um, emotion and effort and not getting paid. And it put me in a terrible position because it was at a time when I was deciding to step away from her father. It was at a time um, when I was trying to basically start a new beginning for us. Um, And even though that experience was without the father, like just you and her. Right. And even though that experience was gut wrenching, because I did not know what to do and and was not prepared like I thought I might have been, um, I pushed. Mm-hmm. I pushed and I did I did what I had to do for us, mm-hmm. you know. And and I, I'm not one of those people that had it just been me by myself, I would have just kind of been lax about the the situation and not push myself, but. I know I went that much harder because I'm, I told myself, this is not going to be her reality for, for long. You know, the financial hardships, the, I had to move back in with my dad because I couldn't provide for just us. So it was, I made some difficult decisions, but it took me a year and I dug us out of that hole and we've been good ever since. And I think it's, I mean, it's great that you even share that because a lot of times people see, you know, you having to take a step back or maybe lean on family or lean on others in the time. I mean, we're grown, but we don't really know what the hell we're doing. (laughs) Really, seven years to go. And, um, you know, sometimes we think we found that person. I mean, life happens, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's okay. You know, if you do have to go back and revisit the, you know, drawing board of going back and starting over at home or um, just picking, just the biggest thing is just creating a place where you getting in a space where, you know, you both are safe and, you know, allowing yourself time to save and build up because we've had to lean on family for sure, you know, because there's times where, you know, even living in Boston, it's so freaking expensive. It's like everything. Um, so, you know, we ended up, ha- we, there was a lot going on. That <laughs> we had to move when they were like three months old because we had a slumlord and, you know, we're up here without family. I'm a transplant from Boston, but, you know, um, like you said, life happens, situations come, the unexpected always comes, but, you know, we put on our big girl jaws and do what we have to do. With big what are some things you wish you knew before pregnancy and embarking on the journey of motherhood? Before pregnancy, I needed to read. I really needed to have picked up a book of, what to expect when you're expecting. Like I needed to read it from front to back. Cause you know, I went into labor. I had no idea I was in labor. <laughs> like it, it was absolutely. It didn't look like the typical TV labors or the labors. It didn't look like it. It didn't feel like it. I, 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 I've had conversations recently with people um, in regards to losing your mucus plug. Now that I'm had those conversations and I'm thinking back, I remember when this happened. That that was several, that was a while before Kennedy actually came. And had I put those knowledge, yeah, it's like, oh, like, yeah, I needed to have picked up a book. So I encourage everybody, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to moms, read books. I didn't do that. I thought I just knew everything. (laughs) So yeah. Which you ended up being, but still, you could have right. some things the hard way if you do, you know, because there's so many resources out there for right. us. Right, right, right. You know, Instagram alone, following some of those mommy pages, you have to sift through some of it. And see, but at the same time, seven years ago, what did Instagram look like? So, you know, I can I can count probably on one hand the amount of posts I had on Instagram prior to 
Kennedy's birth. I was gonna say, were we in our on IG then? Yeah, we were, but it was like few and far between. Um, but one thing that not not that I did not know this, but a reminder for me is that you are going to be caring for somebody's emotional well-being. Um, and that is humongous for me. And I think every mother, if you have the opportunity to sit and think and get your life together, maybe seek therapy. <laughs> You got your mind right for real. You want to be, you want to have it all the way together because you start thinking about, well, for me, at least after pregnancy, I started thinking about, damn, this is how people become toxic parents. This is how people's kids become so, for lack of better words, fucked up. Because this, this is why, because of what? Because, because people don't get their own stuff together. And they don't do the research to see what they need exactly. to be helpful for them to prevent. Because, I mean, when you don't, you what do you do during those times? Because the, the stress is inevitable. Once the child right. is coming. So what you right. good to do your research and learn as much as you can ahead of time to prevent the added stress, unnecessary added stress. Unnecessary added stress. And just making sure, like, I'm extremely mindful now about the things I say to my daughter, the things that I do around her so that she has a positive Mm self-image. And I think about little things that, we'll use my dad as an example. When I was younger, ooh, you're putting on a little bit of weight. Something as simple as that can cause lasting you know, negative effects can have lasting negative effects mm-hmm. on on a child whose esteem, self-image, whatever, is not where where one would would um, would want and hope it to be. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it, it like I said, it's not necessarily something that I didn't know, but. That was, that's something that I like to remind other people and wish I would have thought about prior to having a child. Like, just get your stuff together because I guess I'm just extra mindful of it now. And it, that's one of my, I guess, soft spots that I always worry about because I know that I'm not perfect and I know that my issues and whatnot can translate and impact her and I don't want that. Right. And so even the comment that your dad had made, you're saying even just being mindful of the things you say to her, being mindful of, you know, things you say around her, because everything mm-hmm. we do does impact our kids. It does have an effect even when we don't know it, because at times they might not even know how to vocalize or share to us that they are affected by it, you know, so it could, you know, um, come out in later or other ways. But I think that's really and truly um the child's mental health and wealth critical important but more so having you as your mom having yourself as much together because all we can really do is control ourselves would be great if mm-hmm. we have you know partners uh across the board that shared in that with us but a lot of times a lot of people don't even know the importance right. of, you know because we're all dealing with different types of traumas and that's a completely different well, I gave him, you know, a whole different conversation. Um, and like you said, not what we can do to be mindful of, to not transfer um, our traumas and stress mm-hmm. onto our, our kids. So, Whew. I mean, even with that, it's like, what do you do in the times when you do feel, because we're all human, what do you do in the times of feeling like stressed or overwhelmed or, um, you know, because you and Kennedy have been I'm sorry. It, it broke up a little bit. Can you repeat that question for me? No, I was saying, so, you know, we all are human. And as you said, like, you know, there are a lot of things that we can't foresee and life happens and, you know, stresses are inevitable. Mm-hmm. So like, what would be some things you can share or, you know, are there things you do or what have you done in times of like stress or feeling overwhelmed or defeated? Um, Cause it sounds like you embarked upon this journey, you know, you've been holding it down on your own, man. Yeah, ma'am. Um, I definitely, I, saw, I, I went and sought out therapy this year. 
um, well, this past year, I should say, that was extremely helpful. Um, going to school for counseling gave me a whole lot of insight into how to deal and how to cope. Um, I knew I had stuff that I needed to deal with in therapy, but I used my coping mechanisms that I learned in school. <laughs> Which we should talk about coping mechanisms. Those are real. Yeah. You know, you find <laughs> the coping mechanisms that we might have used in high school or undergrad or in our, you know, 20s. Mm-hmm. Might not be so the best. My coping mechanisms um, to get me by for the first couple of years. Um, after me and her dad split, I attempted to go to therapy. Um, I went for a little while. I was given one piece of major homework. That homework was to go um, do what I needed to do to be eligible to have my license, my counseling license. Mm-hmm. Getting the stuff together for my license was a lot easier. <laughs> um, but I stopped going to therapy after I was able to accomplish those two goals. Mm-hmm. So it took me, that was 2000 and maybe 15 or 16 And I only just revisited therapy again and successfully did what I needed to do in 2020. So, yeah, it took me some time, even though I knew I needed to do it. It took me some time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it takes all of us some time because sometimes we feel like, okay, we got it. Or we, you know, all right. Like you said, we sometimes fall back on those old coping mechanisms. Mm -hmm. That, you know, might feel good in the moment or might help us get through. But and we'll be like, okay. But when you know it's time, it's time. And right. 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 Because <laughs> it really only helps, really and truly, having an unbiased, like, you know, opinion. Would you Would you agree that, like, the therapy was definitely not only helpful for you, but for your relationships? Right. I, I'm extremely private. So when I go through things, I tend to keep them to myself. So that was what was driving me insane. Mm-hmm. Um I'm private, I'm prideful, and I don't ask for help. So when I say I was literally doing this mothering thing by myself, like in every sense of the word, I was doing it. I am, have been (laughs) doing it alone. I'm getting better with asking people for assistance so that I can have time to myself. So that's one of the things that I do now to get back to me, I guess. Um, I have my little self-care days where I send her away for a day or overnight. Um, and I just chill with me. Yeah. And you said something important. You wouldn't have that time to yourself if you didn't ask for help or let people, right. you know, allow people that you trust to like help you sharing the load because, you know, you it's need difficult. To- and I probably should ask more. Yeah. Um, because my daughter's a joy and people enjoy having her, but they know that I like I'm selfish with her. <laughs> and as much as I want my time away, I want her right back as soon as she's gone. Isn't there something comforting about just knowing like she's right there? <laughs> but I know that feeling and I have to say I have to push myself. Um, because I feel I feel a little bit better about myself when I have time. That I create for myself, and it's like even though it's like this is a little weird, or I'm kind of used to. Yeah, it was definitely weird for me the first time. I feel like the first time I had some time by myself, I went to the movies by myself, and I was like, "Everybody's looking at me. I'm here by myself." <laughs> and it was like. Afterwards, I was like, this is freaking awesome. Like, I love this. I need to do it more often. I don't have somebody like, I got to pee. I need popcorn. I have been doing this the whole time. That's a thing of the past. It's something that I have to learn how to do. Because I don't think I, now that I'm thinking about it, even prior to 
to having her. I don't think I did much for self-care previously either. So it's something that I'm learning. And I guess I'm, I see the importance of it now mm-hmm. a lot more than I did before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So therapy up until like two, pretty much within the last year. Because I'm just. Yeah, I actually finished probably mid-year this year. Okay. All right. Um, you mentioned weight, you know, um, about your dad making that comment. And I guess I can kind of use that as a segue into, you know, do you ever feel the pressures of the, or did you feel the pressures of the mom snapback culture? And, you know. Honestly, after I had her, like I stayed relatively, the, I stayed pretty much the same size throughout my pregnancy. Yes, my stomach grew, but the rest of me, um, I didn't gain a whole lot of weight. Right after I had her, I did swell up. And that had me extremely nervous and like, oh, shit. (laughs) But that went away and I felt like I was the same size for quite some time. It hasn't been until recent years and stressing more and, you know, not taking care of myself that I've gained the weight. And it's like, yeah, you need to do something about it. But I use my child as an excuse. (laughs) That's real. Right? Because it's like, we use your child, but, you know. Because both prior to the pandemic, I was like, I can't go to the gym. Who's going to watch her? Except the gyms have daycares. <laughs> There's that. But do we really trust those facilities that we're going to leave? And that was my thing. I was like, I have to wait till she's of age to where um, she can really tell me what's going on and communicate with me in a way that I feel comfortable before I start going and leaving her there. But it's like, I did start what I was gonna say I did prior to the pandemic I actually had started going to the gym and trying to get stuff to get together but then COVID happened and here we are here we are and I mean again that's another one I mean even in the pandemic it's like life looks so different now right it's like obviously um we had our norms our new norms right finding new norms uh within our home right it's like now you know we're work for uh, you know most folks like we didn't even touch base on whether you're working home or or working mom or stay-at-home mom or i am a um full-time working mom it's gonna be like do you work Um, home and Since the pandemic, I have been a full-time homeschool teacher. (laughs) And initially, it was hell. Um, There was a lot of tears on both ends, mine and hers, because she was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. There was a lot of yelling. But I have to say, after... We've been doing this since they 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 went to spring break first week of April. Mm-hmm. Um, well, last week of March, first week of April, somewhere around there. After spring break, they didn't go back. And I elected to have her stay home with me. Um, so I'll say the first two months were hell mm-hmm. for the two of us. And you're in since then, mm-hmm. it's been awesome. It's been pretty, pretty good. We have a setup. I have my own little office space. She has her own little office space. But would you have created that space you think had the... Absolutely not. Especially not. I'm in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a two-bedroom apartment. I didn't want to put... I just wasn't really interested in setting up a whole learning space until I had a house for whatever reason. That's my crazy thought process. But um it it's worked well to set to have this arrangement where it's within the same room but we're a good distance apart from each other so we can have our meetings because she's on Zoom classes all day and I'm in and out of meetings. So we're able to do our own thing. But it has taught me, like you were saying, so much patience. Um, I am as crazy as this sounds I'm grateful for this pandemic because she and I have a new, I believe, I know for me, for sure, I have a new understanding 
um, of who she is and what she needs. And I feel like I'm able to show up so much better as a mom because I'm able to see how she interacts at school, see what type of things frustrate her, um, understand how she learns, how she communicates, um, help her through things that I might not be able to, well, I wouldn't be able to if she was in school, um, and gain that patience. And it's been, it's to me, it's felt life-changing. Mm. Wow. Wow. Because I really haven't heard the perspective of, you know, a mom who's, you know, because you pretty much are a homeschool mom. You're a homeschool yeah. mom. You're working because you work full time. I'm assuming. Right. Yes. Um, and so juggling all that. I mean, because my initial thought was I was going to say, do you think that the pandemic and parenting is what forged you into therapy? You know, because you did. <laughs> it was, like, it was, was absolutely happened. Yeah. You were like. I need help. <laughs> that was absolutely it. You are absolutely right. Um, and I don't know if it was a mixture of therapy and us just gaining this better understanding of each other and what we needed. Or maybe um, the therapy helped you to get to the point of better understanding. Or maybe I'm gonna give it credit. Yes. 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 It it's <laughs> been amazing. I didn't even put those two together. I just thought <laughs> It does make sense. That does make sense. And I had not put it together. So thank you. <laughs> I have to tell my therapist, like, you did this, girl. <laughs> and you know, and that might help some other moms, you know, really and truly, because I'm sure, yeah. you know, a lot of people's heads are wanting to pop, you know, because not to say my head doesn't still pop at times. Right, right, right. But definitely at the beginning. I'm, I'm a, I will admit, like, I can be one of those yelling moms mm-hmm. and I don't yell anymore. I, there's a many times that she might just get a look like that just might be enough. Okay. <laughs> but like, it's, it's changed a lot. And I'm, I'm assuming that she's enjoying the change as well because she's not crying like she was before because Sis was in tears all the time. <laughs> Why are you yelling oh, yeah. at me? Since mom went to therapy. <laughs> They're a little smoother around here. <laughs> Which, you know, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, there are times where you feel like your head is going to explode outside of the pandemic. Like just being, you know, a mom in general because you have this child who is looking to you for everything and there are times where you feel like okay we're balancing we're managing balancing managing and then you have days where it's like i can't do this and sometimes you have to outsource help to help you sift through and organize like or even understand you know what i mean or is this normal like because i'm tempted to throw his ass out the window and and i'm grateful that she age that she is because she's pretty self-sufficient um so I can go in my room and say listen I need a little bit I'm closing my door don't talk to me I know does she understand that at this point you think in love I'm sure you say it (laughs) one thing that we do I'm hoping she does but I do have my moments where I go back to her and I will apologize and I will also ask her if there's anything that I can do different. Um, if there's anything that she would like more of, like I seek out her insight. I always want to be that parent that she can come back and talk to about anything and feel like it's a safe space. So I've started that early on because I tell her I'm not perfect. I have my moments. Like, I definitely have my moments. Um, I don't have all the answers. I'm not always right. So let me know what I can do to be better for you. And then I have those same conversations with her. It's like, well, on the reverse, Mm -hmm. this is what I need from you. If you're able to do this, then that'll work better for us because X, Y, Z. She's one of those children that always wants to know why and understand why things are happening. And I've had side eyes from parents before that are like, why are you explaining yourself to her? And it's like, it's not that I'm explaining myself to her. 
Mm-hmm. I'm allowing her to understand the situation. Mm-hmm. I'm allowing her to understand what's going on. And that then creates a better outcome for everybody. Because if she gets it, she's like, okay, that makes sense. I'll definitely follow what you say versus do what do what I tell you to do because I say so. Mm-hmm. Now, I do say that sometimes, but <laughs> I, try, <laughs> I try to go back. And, and, you know, make sure that she has an understanding of what's happening and why it's happening. Yeah, I think healthy communication with kids. You know, I think about that with my boys, you know, um, because, you know, it's a looking back, a generational thing, like our parents were a lot more strict, I feel, than I would be with my kids. And I think that that just, again, comes with what they know and how they grew up, you know, between, you know whoopings and you know children should be seen and not heard or you know not really um allowing them to have a voice or even know how to speak because you know uh, for me the culture of you know expressing yourself was kind of seen as talking mm-hmm. about being disrespectful mm-hmm. and um one thing I really want to incorporate into how I bring them up is you know how to express yourself in a way that is respectful how to basically how to communicate communicate your thoughts talk through your feelings um, because I think that has been our plight. Yes. And yes. a lot of us are, are still struggling to this day to learn how to communicate and walk, you know, talk yes. through our issues, talk yes. through how we're feeling. A lot of times, we don't even know what we're feeling, you know? I, exactly. Exactly. And that's one of those things that I'm trying so frustrated. To. You just feel tense. You just, your body starts, just, things start and happening. I understand. And, and, Real talk, physical ailments, cancers, these are where all of these things come from because people aren't expressing themselves and they're they're holding on to manifesting itself physically. God knows what, right. As I stretch my neck and (laughs) (laughs) you get tense and you don't want, they say, you know, you can carry stress in different places, you know, Mm -hmm. even your hips. I didn't even know that was a thing, you know, you can... I mean, so we have to, you know, one of my biggest things of, you know, one of the biggest things I want people to take away from this is mindfulness, right? Being mindful. Definitely. How you treat. That's the concept in therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, Being the the concept of of mindfulness and being intentional. Mm. And I definitely take that into my parenting. I think that's wonderful. All right. Well, I think we definitely covered a good amount. I think in my, maybe some of my final questions, um, I mean, these could be a little lengthy, but mom guilt. Ooh. You ever struggle with that? And what might that look like? I struggle with mom guilt. Morning, noon, night. Um, my baby's very loving. She's very want to cuddle up with you. Want to be in your face. And because of this pandemic, we've been in this house together for almost a year. I cuddle with you. I see you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for almost 365 days. So, yeah, and that's just the beginning of the guilt. Like, that's surface level guilt. I have days where, those days when you're just, like, really through and you don't want to move. You just want to lay in the bed. You don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want to see anybody. Can we just not for a day? For a day, what does that look like? Sleeping? I'm interrupted. I mean, I know mine are younger, but I struggle with that so much because I know I don't show up every day at 100%. And I know she deserves it. And there are moments when I just cry and cry and cry and cry because. I know I'm not perfect and it's hard. It's, it's really, really, really hard. Um, but it's, it's something I have to remind myself is natural. And those are the times that we have those candid conversations where I'm like, I am sorry. 
Mm. I'm sorry. This is what I'm experiencing. Like, I'm not telling her all the ins and outs of what's going on, but it's like, I'm extremely tired. I am drained. Work was hard. Like, things that she can understand. And I need a minute. Mm. Then I have guilt around. This is a whole nother guilt, but who I chose to be her dad. And the fact that he's still learning how to show up for himself, so he can't necessarily show up 100% for her. And that's a difficult, a really difficult pill for me to swallow because I grew up like that. You know, my dad was present in my life, but he didn't know how. He wasn't showing up for himself, so he couldn't show up for me. Oh, I know how it feels. So it's like, fuck, I put her in the same position. And that kind of takes me back to what I was talking about earlier about um, completely lost my train of thought. About, you were saying, oh, the second thing was about the mom guilt? The mom guilt. Uh, Talking about something I said earlier. I don't remember what I said earlier. Uh, you said you're uh, feeling like she deserves like no 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 it was like a long time ago it was it was like beginning a conversation no worries edit <laughs> you should do bloopers um but I I definitely struggle with the fact that I chose a father for her that. Wasn't the father you thought he was going to be? I don't even know if I can say that. I think I will be lying to you. I will be lying to myself. I think I focused on his potential rather than who he really was. And in that, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) (laughs) In that, I created an unfavorable situation. I'm making the best of it. But I definitely hold. And as you can see, I'm getting emotional because I still hold a lot of guilt. (laughs) I still hold a lot of guilt around the fact that that was a decision I made. So I can only hope that as the years pass and she gets older, like she still feels the love and she sees it regardless that regardless of the situation not being perfect. Yeah. So yeah. I made me cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. I that was a real moment though. Yeah. And I think I, I'm glad you asked that question. I needed to say that out loud. Yeah. I needed to release that. So thank you. I wasn't expecting that, but I was that resonated. Yeah. yeah. It resonated, and I think so many moms will be able to resonate with that because, you know, how well do you really know the person? Yeah, you could be with the person, even with the amount of years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could, however, it's just, um, like you said, there's a lot of things that are out of our hands, but one thing that is, she's here, and she's yeah. here. She's beautiful and she's loved. Both of her parents loved the hell out of her. And regardless of the picture not being perfect, like to me, that love is everything. Because there's some people who can't say that they have love from both of their parents. So I'm learning to forgive myself and him Mm -hmm. for not living up to my expectations Mm -hmm. and, and this potential that I saw. I'm learning to let that go and to just accept the fact that there's love. And a lot of times, not to say that that can, that can replace or is better than the entire picture, but sometimes it's enough. Mm. So, yeah. Sometimes it has to be enough. Yeah. Yeah. Because... That that kind of brings me to another epiphany that I've had since the pandemic and especially going to therapy. Um, being a parent, 
you get a perspective of your own parents. And for me, it allowed me, I I had a lot of mommy issues. I had a lot of mommy and daddy issues, but I was able to look at my mother and see her as just a person with, so that allowed me to remove the expectations that I had of, so seeing as a person before or before being a mom or this ha- all happened after? Period. Mm. Just a person, period. Because when you look at your parents, you're like, they should know better. They should do this. They should do that. We have the ex- expectations of what parents are supposed to do, what they're supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And for me, I had these high expectations of her. But seeing my own limitations it's like damn like she can only do what she can do mm-hmm. you know she can't be a superwoman even though she is but they are heroes you know, that's all we we think but she can't stand and meet every expectation i have just because she's my mom mm-hmm. and at the, at the end of the day she's still human so it's allowed me to take a step back and have a better relationship with her and be more accepting. Um, but it also kind of allows me to forgive her dad because he's he's dealing with the hand that he's been dealt and doing the best that he can. So, and I hope that that's something that Kennedy's able to do for me when she gets um, older and just see me as doing the best that I, I was able to do. Yeah, I guess what does self-love look like for you? And even in the pandemic, what do you do or maybe you've thought to do or some things you um, do to help kind of give yourself self-love? And So one thing that I am doing um, to... Or what does self-care look like for you? What does self-love and self-care look like for you? Self-love, for me, though, it's a little bit different because self-love, I am literally giving myself a break. I am attempting not to be so hard on myself and not expect perfection because for a while, I think I focused on what my parents would look like to other people. And at the end of the day, I really don't care. I don't care. Um, my baby girl is happy. I'm happy. So, you know. Anything that took you a while to get to that point? point mm-hmm. you didn't care? Yeah. yeah, because I was like, I wonder if they're thinking because I'm a single mom that that this is why this is this way. Or it's like, who the fuck cares? I see kids in two-parent households like a damn donkey. Who cares what my child is doing on this one bad day? Even those two parent households are not the best situations. Just because you have two parents in the home doesn't mean that it's a happy, healthy, warm, you know, loving situation. So I think it's it's nice that you said that because again, in a comparative culture, Mm -hmm. you know, or a judgmental, you know, culture as well, depending Mm -hmm. on, um, you really have to literally only focus on you like what what you can control you and you know because ain't nobody paying for your bills ain't nobody paying for your stuff you know you're taking care of everything i've had to have tunnel vision Mm -hmm. i've had to have complete tunnel vision but um giving myself a break is how i'm giving myself Mm self-love self-care i am asking for help I am taking time to myself. I started dating. <laughs> Nothing serious, but you know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> that was something that I to myself to do. So I, I just am, I'm very mindful about who's around her. So I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. But I'm allowing myself to date. Um, going and getting my massages, nails done toes done like just pampering myself a little bit I've started reading more I take time and I just read um I bought a treadmill (laughs) so 
I'm eating healthier. Like I'm cooking. Cooking makes me a little bit happy. So I'm I'm experimenting in the kitchen. Um, I'm just I'm doing things that feel good to me. Uh, it's not always glamorous, but sometimes just being able to whip up a good meal, sit down with a cup of wine or a, a cocktail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just the little things that I find in life, just the little things you wouldn't even realize. It wasn't until these boys, it's simple, I took them for granted. But I appreciate it so much more because it doesn't take much to make me happy. Sometimes even sunlight, um, sunlight coming through the window. I open the blinds on a daily basis. This opening the blinds. Letting that energy, it, you know, it is uplifting it really can be little things like you said i mean i took a bath for the first time in my bathtub i mean because the pandemics are forcing you to get creative i mean a bath is not a creative concept it's been around for you but we don't a lot of us don't utilize them technically you know personally i'm because we're always on the go so it's like i don't have time to sit down in the bathtub i need to jump in a shower and go about my business but it's like sit here mm-hmm. like it's 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 so much of a foreign concept, the bath, that you're saying this, that the first time I took a bath and Kennedy saw me, she was like, you take baths too? Like, <laughs> girl, I sit down in the bathtub too. I don't just always take showers, but it was a reminder, like, dang, you don't do this at all because she looking like, this is, oh. new. <laughs> this is brand new. Mommy, you okay? <laughs> Which is hilarious. I mean, I watched the bathtub so many times bathing these boys. I'm like, girl, just watch them. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, I feel too tall for most of the bathtub. <laughs> those I don't know. But still. But, but, you know, you just, at least the soaking and just kind of marinating and just closing the bathroom door. Just let the little fingers just stick under the door and. Pretend they're not there. Spark a candle. Find your bows. Wireless speaker. (laughs) Another thing, but with you saying that, finding new music has also been pretty cool for me and has been my escape. So sometimes, like, I have my earphones right here. Mm -hmm. When she's in class and I can zone out, I stick my earphones in and I'm in my zone. Um, All right, boo. I'm so glad you took the time to sit with me today. I am thank you for having me. This felt good. I thought it felt really good. And it was everything. I mean, we can even we'll probably, you know, talk more. But um I think I'll do it again. Let me know. I got more answers. And I'm going to have more structure next time. And it was amazing. Everything felt good. Everything flowed. Okay. I appreciate it. I want to make sure it flows. I don't want, you know, because there were a few moments where I'm like, (laughs) but I don't want to feel that. Okay, good. 